Volume One, Chapters Fifteen and Sixteen of *The Widow Barnaby* by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen: The Entree of Mrs. Barnaby in Mrs. Peters' Drawing Room, Family Consultations, Arrangements for Miss Willoughby's Dress for Some Time to Come in one respect mrs barnaby was considerably more fortunate than she had ventured to hope for the clothier and the clothier's family held a much higher station in society than she had anticipated mr peters had for many years been an active and prosperous manufacturer neither above his business nor below enjoying the ample fortune acquired by it his wife was a lively agreeable ladylike woman formed to be well received by any society that the chances of commerce might have thrown her into being sufficiently well educated and sufficiently gifted to do credit to the highest and without any pretensions which might have caused her either to give or receive pain had the chances been against her and she had become the wife of a poor instead of a rich manufacturer the eldest son who was excellently well calculated to follow the steps of his lucky father was already married and settled at frome with a share of the business of which he was now the most efficient support the younger son who was intended for the church was at present at home for a few months previous to his commencing term-keeping at oxford and the three daughters from appearance education and manners were perfectly well qualified to fill the situation of first-rate bells in the clifton ballroom their house and its furniture their carriage and establishment were all equally beyond the widow's expectations so that in short a very agreeable surprise awaited her arrival at clifton it was a lovely evening of the last week in june that a bristol hackney coach deposited mrs barnaby her niece her jerningham and her trunks at number four rodney place the ladies of the peters family had just left the dinner-table and were awaiting their relative in the drawing-room let it not be supposed that the interesting widow made her entree among them in the dress she had indulged in during her residence at exeter she was not so thoughtless and so well had poor agnes already learned to know her that she felt little surprise when she saw her the day before they left that city draw forth every melancholy article that she had discarded and heard her say my life passes agnes in a constant watchfulness of the feelings of others it was for your sake dear girl that i had so early put off this sad attire and the fear of wounding the feelings of my dear sister-in-law now induces me to resume it for a few days at least that she may feel i come to find my first consolation from her so the next morning mrs barnaby stepped into the stage-coach that was to convey her to bristol with her lilacs her greys and her pink whites all carefully shrouded from sight in bandboxes and herself a perfect model of conjugal woe show me to my sister said the widow as soon as she had counted all her own packages and with a cambric handkerchief without an atom of embroidery in her hand her voice ready to falter her knees to tremble and her tears to flow she followed the servant upstairs mrs peters came very decorously forward to meet her but she was perhaps hardly prepared for the very long embrace in which her unknown sister held her mrs peters was a very little woman and was almost lost to sight in the arms and the draperies of the widow but when at last she was permitted to emerge agnes was cheered and greatly comforted by the pleasing reception she gave her while the young ladies in their turn with the exception of the grave and reasonable elizabeth perhaps submitted rather impatiently to the lingering and sobbing embraces of their new aunt as they had by no means gazed their fill on the lovely creature she brought with her though there was certainly no reason in the world why the niece of mrs barnaby should not be beautiful both mrs peters and her daughters gazed on her with something like astonishment 
it seems as if it were strange that they had not heard before of what was so very much out of the common way and so great was the effect her appearance produced and so engrossing the attention she drew that mrs barnaby passed almost uncriticised and when the ladies of the family met afterwards a female committee in mrs peters dressing-room and asked each other what they thought of their new relation no one seemed prepared to say more of her than oh she has been handsome certainly only she rouges and is a great deal too tall but did you ever see so beautiful so elegant a creature as her niece such with a few variations according to the temper of the speaker was the judgment of all before this judgment was passed upon the new arrivals in the dressing-room the aunt and niece had also undergone the scrutiny of both father and son who had joined them at the tea-table they too had held their secret committee and freely enough exchanged opinions on the subject upon my word james she is an extremely fine woman and i really never saw any person conduct herself better upon such an occasion all strangers you know and she poor soul with her heart breaking to think what she has lost i really cannot but admire her and i flatter myself we shall all find means to make her like us too i hope you agree with me james in my notions about her oh dear yes i am sure i do a very excellent person indeed i have no doubt of it but did you ever sir see such a creature as her niece she seemed to me something more like a vision an emanation than a reality a what james i beg your pardon my dear sir but i believe i have lost my senses already don't you think father i had better set off for oxford to-morrow morning good gracious no james why should you go away just as your aunt barnaby is come and she having such kind intentions towards you all very well sir replied the gay-hearted youth if such be your pleasure i will brave the danger and trust to providence but good-night father i must say one word to my sisters before they go to bed and the privileged intruder entered his mother's dressing-room while the party was still discussing the merits of the newcomers oh here comes james exclaimed lucy making room for him on the sofa where she was seated that's delightful come mamma sit down again let us hear what this accomplished squire of dames says of her do you think now james that Catty mcgee is the prettiest girl you ever saw prettiest why yes prettiest as contradistinguished from most beautiful perhaps i do replied the young man with an ex-cathedra sort of air but if you mean to ask who i think the very loveliest creature ever permitted to consecrate the earth by setting her heaven-born feet upon it i reply miss agnes willoughby bravo that will do replied lucy i thought how it would fare with the pure scottish lassie the moment i beheld this new divinity poor james i am really sorry for you this time said his mother for i cannot give you much hope of a cure from the process that has hitherto proved so successful i see no chance whatever of a fair she coming to cauterize by a new flame the wound inflicted by this marvellous miss willoughby they jest at scars who never felt a wound exclaimed the young man fervently mary elizabeth have you none of you a feeling of pity for me oh how i envy you all for you can gaze and bask in safety in the beams of this glorious brightness while i as my mother says am doomed to be scorched incurably if you have any discretion james you will run away said his eldest sister her generous aunt you know has declared that she shall never have any of uncle barnaby's money 
and if you stay you may depend upon it that while you are making love to the niece i shall be winning the heart of the aunt and contrive by my amiable cajoleries to get your share and my own too of all she so nobly means to bestow upon us nonsense mary don't believe her james cried the worthy matter-of-fact elizabeth if you are really in love with her already i think it would be a very good scheme indeed for you to marry her because then mrs barnaby could be doing her duty to you both at once very true elizabeth said the mother but you none of you recollect that while you have been regaling yourselves with the charms of the young lady i have been worn to a thread by listening to the noble sentiments of the old old mercy on me the elder one pray offer to set off with them james in quest of lodgings as soon as breakfast is over to-morrow for i foresee that i cannot stand it long and now go away all of you for i am tired to death good-night good-night and now let us see the impression made on the aunt and niece by their reception for though separate rooms were prepared for them mrs barnaby did not permit the weary agnes to enjoy the supreme luxury of this solitary apartment till she had indulged herself with a little gossip mrs peters had herself shown mrs barnaby to her room at the door of which she was preparing to utter a final good-night but was not permitted to escape without another sisterly embrace and being held by the hand for some minutes while the widow said you know not how soothing it is to my feelings dearest margaret you must allow me to call you margaret you know not how soothing how delightful it is to my feelings to lay my head and poor aching heart to rest under the roof of my dear barnaby's sister alas none but those who have suffered as i have done can fully understand this and yet i so wish you to understand me dearest sister i so long to have my heart appreciated by you step in for one moment will you and the request was seconded by a gentle pulling which sufficed to bring the imprisoned mrs peters safely within the door i cannot part with you till i have explained a movement a rush of sentiment i may call it that has come upon me since i entered this dear dwelling the time is come is fully come you know when fashion dictates the laying aside this garb of woe and as my excellent mother brought me up in all things respectfully to follow the usages of society i have been struggling to do so in the present instance and have actually already furnished myself with a needful change of apparel never yet however dearest margaret and here she pressed her handkerchief to her eyes never yet have i had the courage to wear it but thank heaven i now feel strengthened and when we meet to-morrow you shall see the influence the sight of you and your dear family has had upon me and now good-night my sister i will detain you no longer but do explain to your charming family dear margaret how this sudden change in my appearance has been wrought good-night but where is agnes poor love she will not sleep even in your elegant mansion till she has received my parting kiss she perfectly dotes upon me will you have the kindness to let her be sent to me in the happiest state of spirits from the conscious skill with which she had managed this instantaneous change of garments delighted with the unexpected elegance of the house and all within it with her reception and above all else with the recollection of the able manner in which she had propitiated the favour of these important relatives by her letter the widow rang the bell for her jerningham and anxiously awaited her arrival and that of her niece that she might indulge a little in the happy boastful vein that swelled her bosom well my dear she broke out the instant agnes entered 
i hope you like my brother and sister and my nieces and my nephew upon my word agnes you are the luckiest girl in the world what a family for you to be introduced to on a footing of the greatest intimacy too and that on your very first introduction into life they must be exceedingly wealthy there can be no doubt of it i suppose you have seen a great many servants jerningham oh my sure enough ma'am there's the footman and the boy and the coachman a coachman interrupted mrs barnaby they keep a carriage then i really had no idea of it my dear barnaby never told me that i wonder at it and well jerningham how many maids are there oh lor ma'am i hardly can tell for i was took to sit in one room and there was one and maybe two maids as bided in another that was the kitchen i some ma'am and everything was so elegant ma'am i dare say it was jerningham and you must be very careful to keep up your own consequence and mine too in such a house as this you understand me jerningham i have already you remember given you some hints you have not forgotten i hope no that i haven't ma'am replied the girl and i mean to tell em but looking at agnes she stopped short as it seemed because she was there very well that's quite right and i'll give you these gloves of mine mend them neatly to-morrow morning and never be seen to go out without gloves jerningham and now unpack my night-bag and you had better just open my trunk too remember to learn the hour of breakfast and come to me exactly an hour and a half before i shall put on my black satin to-morrow and my lavender trimmings you know where to find them all don't you yes ma'am very well forget nothing and i will give you that cap with the lilac bows that i dirtied out at exeter mercy on me agnes how you are yawning i am very tired aunt and i will wish you a good night now if you please what without one word of all you have seen well you are a stupid girl agnes and that's the fact you find nothing i suppose to like or admire in my sister's house or in those delightful fashionable-looking young people yes indeed i do aunt only i think i am too sleepy to do justice to them they are very agreeable and i like them very much indeed i am glad to hear it child and i hope you will do your best to make yourself agreeable to them in return if you were not such a baby that young man would make a capital match for you i dare say but we must not think about that i suppose and now you may go but stay one minute observe agnes i have explained to my sister all my feelings about my morning and you must take care to let the young people understand that you keep on with crape and bombasine some time longer because you like it best and by the by i may as well tell you at once my dear that as you look so particularly well in deep mourning and are so fond of wearing it you had better not think of a change for some time to come i am sorry to tell you my dear that i find everything as i come up the country a vast deal indeed dearer than i expected and therefore it will be absolutely necessary to save every penny i can now the fact is that my mourning has been taken so much care of and altogether so little worn that the best gown is very nearly as good as new and the worst has still a dear of wear left in it so i think the best thing we can do agnes is to have both of them made up to fit you that is when your own are quite worn out and my bonnets too if i can teach jerningham to wash the crape nicely in a little small beer they will come out looking quite like new and they are so becoming to you and in this way you see my dear a great many pounds may be saved 
thank you aunt meekly replied agnes well there's a good girl go to bed now and be sure to make the young ladies understand that you go on with crape and bombasine because you like it chapter sixteen mrs peters becomes uneasy but contrives to attain her object a pleasant walk discovered to be a good means of making a party of young people acquainted with each other mrs peters shows much promptitude and experience in taking lodgings she also discovers the best mode of lionizing a lady who is too beautiful another country walk improves the intimacy between the young ladies the impressions mutually received overnight were not greatly changed when the parties met again on the following morning excepting indeed that mrs peters was rather surprised at seeing the widow looking so very smart and so very much handsomer the young people could hardly admire agnes more than they had done before though they confessed that they were not fully aware of the particular beauty of her hair or of the perfect symmetry of her person till they had seen her by daylight but mrs peters pleaded guilty to disliking her affectionate sister quite as much on tuesday morning as she had done on monday night and as the sun shone brightly she took advantage of this to introduce a subject that was decidedly next to her heart you must take care to put this beautiful day to profit mrs barnaby said she of course you have heard of our rocks and our downs miss willoughby and you could not look at them through a more favourable atmosphere we shall have time to take you to our famous windmill and to show you some lodgings too mrs barnaby for we bristol people never sacrifice business to pleasure i thought of you yesterday morning when i saw a bill up at sion row some of the prettiest lodgings in clifton and it will be dangerous to put off looking at them they are so very likely to be taken the good-natured mr peters felt a great inclination to say that there could be no need of hurry in looking out for lodgings as he should be so very glad to keep the ladies where they were but though the most perfect harmony real harmony and good feeling existed between mr peters and his wife a very salutary understanding also existed that whenever she said anything that he did not quite comprehend which not unfrequently happened he was neither to contradict nor observe upon it till the matter had been inquired into between them when they were tete-a-tete -tete, upon which occasions he always found her as ready to hear as to render reasons and it was rare indeed that the conference broke up without their being of the same mind in conformity to this excellent rule the good man suffered this lodging-hunting expedition to be arranged without offering any objection and set off on his daily walk to the bristol exchange with no other observation than that he should leave james to escort them as he did not think he should find him a very gay companion if he took him away the ladies then immediately dispersed to bonnet and cloak themselves and in a few minutes the whole party amounting to seven all turned out upon the broad flagstones of rodney place and dividing into three couples with james hanging on upon that of which agnes was one proceeded headed by mrs barnaby and mrs peters towards sion row before they reached it however james called a council with his eldest sister and miss willoughby upon the necessity of so very large a party all going to look for lodgings would it not be better mary said the young man for us to take miss willoughby to the down the others can follow if they like you know and we shall be sure to meet them coming back very well then tell mamma so will you replied the young lady turning off in the direction indicated the message caused the elder ladies to stop mrs peters looked very much as if she did not like her share in the division but after a moment's hesitation she good-humouredly nodded assent and walked on elizabeth who in her heart believed mrs barnaby was the kindest person in the world because she said so joining the elder ladies and the four others striking off towards the beautiful rising ground on the right 
there is a sort of free masonry among young people which is never brought into action till the elders are out of the way and it was probably for this reason that agnes felt better acquainted with her companions before they had pursued their walk for half an hour than all the talk of the preceding evening or that of the breakfast-table had enabled her to become something too might have been effected in the way of familiarity by an accident arising from the nature of the scenery upon which they paused to gaze on reaching the windmill and looking down upon the course of the avon winding its snake-like path at their feet with the woods at lay rich in their midsummer foliage feathering down on one side and rocks of limestone bright in their veins of red and grey freshly opened by the quarrying rising beautifully bold on the other agnes stood rapt in ecstasy all she had yet seen of nature had been the flowery meads and blooming apple orchards of the least romantic part of devonshire and though there was beauty enough in this to awaken that love of landscape which is always one of the strongest feelings in a finely organized mind she was quite unprepared for the sort of emotion the scene she now beheld occasioned her she pressed forward before her companions and utterly unmindful of danger leaned over the verge of the giddy precipice till young peters really alarmed seized her by the arm and drew her back again tears were in her eyes and her face was pale as marble my dear miss willoughby said mary kindly the precipice has made you giddy i do believe if james had not seized you that you would have fallen oh no no replied agnes shaking her head while a bright flush instantly chased the paleness i do assure you i was not in any danger at all only i never saw anything so beautiful before let us sit down said lucy there is no dampness whatever it is almost the first day of real summer and the air is delicious is it not beautiful here agnes a look of gratitude and almost of affection was the answer and as the little party sat together inhaling that most delicious of essences which the sun draws forth when herbs and flowers are what he shines upon with a lovely landscape around and each other's fair young faces and blithe voices beside them was it wonderful that the recent date of their acquaintance should be forgotten or that they laughed and chatted and looked about and enjoyed themselves with as much gaiety and as little restraint as if they had known each other for years they were all very happy and a full hour passed unheeded as they amused themselves sometimes with idle talk sometimes with listening to the reverberating thunder that arose from the blasting of the rocks below them and sometimes by sitting silent for a whole minute together pulling up handfuls of the fragrant thyme with which their couch was strewed they were all very happy but none of the party had any notion of the happiness of agnes it was the first moment of real positive enjoyment she had tasted since she left empton and a feeling like renewed life seemed to seize upon her senses without reasoning about it she had felt during the last few months as if it were her fate to be unhappy and that all she had to do was to submit but to her equal delight and astonishment she now found that nobody ever was so much mistaken for that she was one of the most particularly happy people in the world wanting nothing but sun sweet air and a lovely landscape to make her forget that such a thing as sorrow existed and the only thought that threw a shadow upon the brightness of her spirit was that which suggested that she must have been very wicked to have doubted for a moment the goodness of god who had formed this beautiful world on purpose to make people happy but though every moment of such an hour as this seems to leave its own sweet and lasting impression on the memory the whole is soon gone and when mary with the wisdom called for by being the eldest of the party jumped up exclaiming that they had quite forgotten their appointment to meet her mother on the down agnes roused herself with a sigh 
as if she had passed through a momentary trance they met the rest of their party however though the order of the meeting was changed for it was our young set who encountered the others on their return after a ramble of half a mile or so towards the turnpike which it is probable had not been enlivened by any such raptures as those felt by agnes the two parties now joined and the conversation was general not very lively perhaps but by no means devoid of interest to agnes who had fallen so heartily in love with st vincent's rocks as to make her hear of being fixed for some time in their neighbourhood with the greatest delight well ma'am have you seen any lodgings that you liked said the eldest miss peters to mrs barnaby yes my dear mary i have indeed replied the widow thanks to your dear kind mamma who has really been indefatigable clifton seems exceedingly dull i think and i am not sorry for it for my poor dear agnes really wants a little change to rouse her spirits that morning habit that she so delights in is i am sorry to say but too just a type of her disposition the brothers and sisters who had so lately shared in the gay hilarity of agnes's laughter exchanged glances but said nothing while she herself blushing and half laughing again at the same recollection changed the subject by saying and have you taken lodgings aunt yes my dear i have small but very delightful lodgings in sion row the very row agnes that you heard my dear sister mention this morning as so desirable and which we quite despaired of getting at first for there appear to be all sorts of difficulties but turning to mrs peters you seem to understand all these things margaret so admirably well you made the good woman do exactly what you pleased so clever and so like your poor dear brother my poor dear brother must have been wonderfully changed if he ever showed himself half so self-willed thought the conscious mrs peters who had certainly used something like bribery and corruption to remove all difficulties in procuring for her sister-in-law apartments which must by agreement be entered upon the following day but you have got them aunt at last i am so glad of it for i think clifton the most beautiful place i ever saw in my life falling in love with the young man that is quite clear thought the active-minded widow a fresh return of happiness awaited agnes on re-entering the house lucy threw her wraps aside and sat down to the pianoforte she played prettily and sang too well enough to delight the thirsty ears of agnes who had never heard a note excepting at the cathedral at exeter since she had left her school the evident pleasure which her performance gave to her young auditor encouraged the good-natured lucy to proceed and excepting during an interval occupied by eating sandwiches for luncheon she continued to play and sing till three o'clock though by no means one of these performers who liked to keep the instrument wholly to themselves it never occurred to her to ask agnes to play there was something so childishly eager in the delight with which she listened that lucy fancied it was the novelty of the thing that so captivated her attention and with something of that feeling perhaps against which her father had warned them all and which leads young ladies at clifton to fancy that young ladies in devonshire must be greatly behind in all things she somehow or other took it for granted that it was very unlikely agnes willoughby should have learned to play or sing when the timepiece on the chimney struck three there seemed to be a general movement among the peters family indicative of another sortie i suppose you walk again mother said the young man i suppose so james i dare say mrs barnaby will like to go to the library and put her name down at the rooms oh yes i shall indeed for poor agnes's sake very well that is all quite right you and i are smart enough mrs barnaby but i suppose the girls will choose to change their walking bonnets for bonnets for the walk and we must wait for them here are all the annuals i believe 
and i am deep in this review so saying mrs peters threw aside her shawl seated herself in a low beehive that just fitted her little person and happified herself with a biting article in the quarterly mrs barnaby smilingly turned to the piles of pretty books that decorated the loo table but hardly had the young ladies disappeared and mrs peters occupied herself than she rose and silently glided out of the room agnes had no better bonnet to put on than the one she had already displayed but she ran upstairs with the other girls because one of them had put out a hand inviting her to do so and it was therefore to one of their rooms she went instead of her own another step this and a very considerable one too towards intimacy between young ladies for few things produce a more genial flow of talk than being surrounded by a variety of objects in which all parties take a common interest had mrs barnaby been upon this occasion a little less humble-minded in her estimate of her own charms it would have been better for her but unfortunately a restless spirit within her whispered to her that she was not quite beautiful enough for the walk and the library and the rooms and it was to refresh her rouge a little that she followed the young ladies up the stairs now her rouge had been decidedly sufficient before and moreover after she had touched up her bloom to the point she deemed to be the most advantageous it struck her that her lavender and black bonnet and plumes looked sombre and would be rendered infinitely more becoming by introducing among the blonde beneath a few bright blossoms of various colours so that when she re-entered the drawing-room she looked precisely like a clever caricature of what she had been when she left it the likeness not lost but all that touched upon the ridiculous or outre brought out and exaggerated mrs peters looked up as she entered and gave her one steady glance then rose from her chair and rang the bell the young people were all seated in array waiting for the widow's reappearance as a signal to depart and all rose together as she entered but they had yet longer to wait for mrs peters after ringing the bell quietly reseated herself and prepared to resume her book saying upon second thoughts dear friends i think we shall do better if we order the carriage and take mrs barnaby and miss willoughby to bristol the library and all that will be within five minutes walk of their lodgings and as they leave us to-morrow it will be making better use of our time to go to bristol to-day at this moment a servant entered and the determined little lady without waiting to hear any opinions on her proposal desired to know if the coachman was in the house yes ma'am was the reply then tell him to bring the carriage round as quickly as he can you may give miss willoughby another song lucy in the interval i want you mary in my room for a moment and mrs peters left the room followed by her eldest daughter have i puzzled you mary said she laughing and closing the door of the dressing-room as soon as they had entered it don't think me whimsical child but upon my word i cannot undertake to parade that painted and plumaged giantess through clifton i will sacrifice myself for a two hours purgatory and listen with the patience of a martyr to the record of her graces her virtues and her dignity but it must be in the close carriage i always prefer performing my penances in private elizabeth evidently believes in her and i really think admires her beauty into the bargain so she had better go with us for i presume mary you have no wish to be of the party oh yes i will certainly go if agnes does but mamma i hope you won't take a fancy against our being a great deal with miss willoughby i will agree in all you may choose to say against this overwhelming aunt barnaby but it would grieve me to be rude to her charming niece she is i do assure you the very sweetest creature i have ever made acquaintance with it is evident that you have taken a great fancy for her and upon the whole it is a fancy that does you honour 
for it clearly proves you to be exempt from the littleness of fearing a rival there is not a single girl in the neighbourhood that can be compared to her in beauty i am quite ready to acknowledge that but you must excuse me mary if i doubt the possibility of my sympathising with you in your general and unqualified admiration of a young lady brought up by my portentous sister barnaby but agnes willoughby was not brought up by her mamma quite the contrary you laugh mamma but i do assure you i laugh at your quite the contrary which means i suppose that she has been brought down by her and you will be brought down too my dear if you suffer yourself to be identified with her and her rouge in public identified with mrs barnaby i am quite sure that i do not like her at all better than you do and i will make myself into a porcupine and set up my quills at her whenever she comes near me if you wish it but then on your side you must promise and the young lady took her mother's hand very coaxingly you must promise to take the trouble of talking a little to agnes will you yes i will if i have an opportunity and i am sure if she is good for anything i pity her now then let us go down again and you shall see how well i will behave before they reached the drawing-room however mary peters had conceived a project of her own she knew what sort of a drive it would be when her mother was behaving well to a person she disliked and she instantly addressed a whispered request to agnes that she would stay at home and chat instead of going to bristol if i may replied agnes colouring with pleasure at the proposal but the yoke upon her young neck was far from being as easy a one as that by which mrs peters guided her daughters and she felt so much doubt of obtaining permission if she asked it herself that she added will you ask for me mrs barnaby said her courageous friend you must do without your niece during your drive if you please for she is going to look over my portfolios you are excessively kind my dear mary replied the benign mrs barnaby too well satisfied at displaying herself in her beloved sister's carriage to care three straws what became of her niece the while i am sure agnes can never be sufficiently grateful for all your kindness the delighted agnes instantly disembarrassed herself of all out-of-door appurtenances and lucy without saying a word about it quietly did the same the carriage was announced the radiant widow stalked forth mrs peters took elizabeth by the arm and followed her shaking her head reproachfully at lucy as she passed her and the young man escorted them downstairs but having placed them in the carriage he declined following them saying i dare say my father will be glad of the drive home for it is quite hot to-day you will be sure to find him at the exchange coffee-house if you get there by half-past four a pleasant ride good morning and the next moment he joined the happy trio in the drawing-room and what shall we do with ourselves said he would miss willoughby like to promenade among the bows and bells or will she let us keep her all to ourselves and take another delightful country walk with us which do you vote for miss willoughby for the country walk decidedly she replied then let us go down by the zigzag and walk under the rocks said lucy and in another minute they were en route for that singular and despite the vile colour of the water most beautiful river path the enjoyment of this second ramble was not less to agnes than that of the first for if the newness of the scenery was past the newness of her companions was past too and she suffered herself to talk with all the open freedom of youth and innocence of her past life upon which mary with very friendly skill contrived to question her for she was greatly bent upon discovering the source and cause of the widely different tone of mind which her acuteness had discovered between mrs barnaby and her protege this walk fully sufficed to explain it 
for though agnes would have shrunk into impenetrable reserve had she been questioned about her aunt barnaby she opened her heart joyfully to all inquiries respecting empton and the beloved wilmots nor was she adverse when asked if mrs barnaby had placed her with these very delightful people to expatiate upon the eccentric character of her half-known aunt betsy on the contrary this was a subject upon which she loved to dwell because it puzzled her the one single visit she had made to miss compton in her bower with the simple but delicious repast which followed it the old lady's marked kindness to herself her mysteriously rude manner to her aunt martha the beauty of her bower the prettiness of her little parlour had all left a sort of vague and romantic impression upon her mind which no subsequent interviews had tended to render more intelligible and all this she told and with it the fact that it was the same dear strange variable aunt compton who had placed her in the care of mrs wilmot miss compton of compton bassett repeated mary that is a mighty pretty aristocratic designation your aunt betsy is an old spinster of a large fortune i presume why no i don't believe she is indeed my aunt barnaby says she is very poor but that she might have been a great deal richer had she not given so much of her property to the poor but i wish i knew something more of her i cannot help thinking that with all her oddities i should like her very much there is one thing very strange about her she added musingly she is quite deformed quite crooked and yet i think she is one of the most agreeable-looking persons i ever saw in my life she has a handsome face perhaps said lucy no i believe not she is very pale and her face is small and there is nothing very particular in her features but yet somehow or other i love dearly to look at her the force of contrast perhaps whispered james to his eldest sister no doubt of it she replied and thus they walked and talked till it was quite time to turn back and though their pace was somewhat accelerated it was as much as they could do to get home in time to dress for their six o'clock dinner but the walk was not only agreeable but profitable to agnes for at the end of it miss peters felt fully prepared to give a reason for her confidence relative to the cause of the dissimilarity between mrs barnaby and her niece End of chapters fifteen and sixteen